for podcasting. From the Jethro Hughes Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a chilly Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, uh, just one guest in the first hour of the program, our friend Wade Lookingbill, former Hawk, former teammate of Chris Street. He will join us. We will cover both of those topics uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour uh, with Wade Lookingbill. And take a look uh, ahead to the weekend. Penn State in town uh, to take on the Hawks. That is a Saturday afternoon 3.30 tip uh, at Carver Hawkeye Arena. So Wade Lookingbill first. In the second hour of the program, we're going to deviate a little bit. We're going to get Cody Goodwin in here. Trent and, I, or Trent and Cody will opine on wrestling and high school uh, <laughs> basketball, and I will listen intently, get the update from you know what both of those gentlemen have seen so far as they've traveled around gyms throughout central Iowa. I'll look forward to hearing that. And then we'll get into the NFL with our friend Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. Uh, Frank Schwab covers the NFL, also sports gambling at Yahoo uh, Sports, and he will join us at about 10, 1130. Um Fingers crossed. I believe that he will. Good guest and uh, Wisconsin grad. Look forward to talking to Frank. Trent's play of the day by sponsored by Circus Sports. Couple of opportunities to win a thousand dollars. So that's what's next in the next couple of hours. Uh, boy, the morning rush had a crowd at Jethro's this mm-hmm. morning. Trent, they set the bar high. It is kind of a little competition amongst the four shows. We were all asked to come up with a menu item. We're all going to get a turn at uh, one of the Jethro's in Central Iowa. The morning rush was. Out this morning, had a good crowd, and that sandwich was incredibly popular. Going to be tough to beat as they always are, uh, but it sounds like they had a lot of fun. And, and hats off to the audience for going out. And Mister, just awful, right? It was too cold for me to walk. For you God's didn't do sake. it, no. And I'd seldom bail out, but this one was just a bridge too far. Twenty-eight below uh, wind chill. Uh, I'm too old, <laughs> uh, so I, I took the more. But uh, their audience, uh, they went out, they mingled, had a little breakfast. I saw a couple of happies being consumed. Nice. I'm going to guess that the Rev was uh, partaking in that. I did see a picture of him yeah. uh, being part of it. Um, have, you tried, have you heard anybody that's tried it? I haven't yet. No. I have to get uh, some feedback on it. It's interesting. You are you enjoy cannabis. Whenever I'm in a state that it's legal, Trent. Right, I mean, right. let's not paint myself in a bad picture here. Yeah, I'm not telling people your address on top of it. I don't know if they're in the cop shop at you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know what? This, I've had one of the sodas when I was out in Colorado. So that's what this is. Yeah. I think. Yeah, it's a seltzer, right? And it was a little something. So you could, you actually there could. There was a little something. Right. Now, I don't partake often. 
Right. And I saw the last time he did. I got to go to bed. That was a disaster. As I started to scream what I thought was five minutes at the sports book, yeah. it was an hour. <laughs> I don't partake, as some people do, but yeah, there's a little something there. Mm-hmm. So next time you're at Jethro's, there you go. You got your drink yep. that's going to go long. No water this time. You're going no, with that. Yeah, going happy. with a little happy. A little happy. Well, we will be there. When's our turn? I think we're last. Yeah, we're towards the end. I think right. the Saturday morning pregame also will be doing it. Oh, that's there right. There's five. Us. That's yeah. yeah. I'm glad you. I'm glad you included them. Anyways, so, so that's coming up. Good. Uh, good promotion going on at Jethro's again. Morning Rush had a very successful debut of the promotion, uh, and uh, certainly no surprise to us here uh, from ten to noon. All right, let's do Iowa uh, and Rutgers last night. A game where neither team, quite frankly, could. Uh, <laughs> a lick. Trent, it was such a physical game for 39 minutes and 58 seconds. Mm-hmm. It was play on, boys, play on. And then for the game to be decided, and it was, certainly we, both teams lost out on, and of course Rutgers didn't want to play for overtime, no. but both teams had the uh, lost out on an extra five minutes, and we, who sat through it, and it was okay. It's not that I was... Oh, what a terrible game. I can't wait till it's over. I never felt that once. Yeah, last night, Kugler, I think he said the same thing. Did he? Though, And by it, the way, Robbie Hummel. Yeah, he's good. Kevin Kugler. That's a good team. Yes, it is. Yep. Sign them up for every BTN Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Or Fox Sports one game that, uh-huh. that I was doing, and you know you're going to have a good crew there. He said the same thing, that though it's not high scoring, it's been entertaining. It and has. that's what it was. It was yep. edge of the seat, grinding for everything, a game where Iowa did not play well. They didn't lose because of the call. They no. lost because they didn't play well enough. Right, didn't shoot. Ultimately. The bench didn't score a single point. No. They, and they're 0 for 11, uh, their bench players. And, well, I say that, i got to stop and throw a little praise at Chris Murray. That hustle play with yes. 35 seconds left mm-hmm. in what, what turned out to be the game, uh, to tie the game, Toussaint stole the ball, Chris Murray dives on the floor. Was it Mulcahy, I think, he yes, was wrestling was. with? Yep. Um, and got the ball, and of course, McCaffrey would tie it at 46, and down the floor, what Rutgers would come, Ron Harper and uh, Keegan Murray. Did they brush? Was there a uniform movement? Maybe? Maybe. So... There's a one of the angles that you see, and it's from back behind the basket. There's nothing there. Well, the one that I think you're talking about from midcourt, that's the most egregious. You look at that, and there's no way you can call anything. Mm-hmm. There is one where it looks like maybe a touch. His forearm? Of, yep, his left arm is in there a little bit. But you see from the other angle, the reason that that happens is because Baker is basically trying to get he's leverage himself. He's trying to himself. push off as well, Because he's going with the, yep. the James Harden step back three. That's what he's trying to do on Precisely. that point. Now, you can talk and about he Rutgers. leaned in and he was about to. You're right. You're 100 percent right. They had 20 seconds, and that's the shot that they get. That's awful. That, yeah, that's just sure. terrible in its own right. They should have got something a lot better. But for one of the few times we can talk about, Iowa played something defensively under Frey McCaffrey perfectly. The switch was perfect. Mm-hmm. The guy that you get switching was perfect. That's who you want there. Keegan on the ball and. Then you get that BS call. Yeah. As physical as that game was, right. Trenton, they're going to call that at the end. Consistency. You're right. If it was a night where there were 55 call- fouls called and they're calling everything and it's tight and it's just one of those fests, okay, they're doing it all night long. But you look for consistency. It's a terrible call it is. in a game that was called like that. And it feels like Courtney Green, he had a flight to catch. <laughs> it, it really does. Yeah. And this goes back. This is something in the Lexicon. It was well before you were in the state. I was two years old. But you've heard the name Jim Bain. Oh, sure. Jim Bain was 
as hated of an official as anybody. So I went back and I looked this morning and I found the game that everybody complained about. It was 1982. Iowa was at Purdue, 65-65. Iowa gets a shot with about two seconds left. Offensive rebound going up. They call Kevin Boyle for the foul. One problem. He was 12 feet away from the play. <laughs> it was actually, on I think one of the Twin Towers was in there. I think it was Stokes that would have been called for the foul. But watching the replay, there's nothing. So no time on the clock, but the whistle blew. They get two free throws, make yeah. one, game over. Purdue gets it. And afterwards, Lute Olsen was hot. You I know, also and saw Fran that. McCaffrey wasn't. Which is surprising, right? I was, absolutely. And you know what? To his credit, good for him, I guess, because we've seen the other way, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I thought we were, we were, um, we were going to have an implosion, quite honestly. Whether it would have been at the press conference or whether it would have been on the floor. Trent, it was, I mean, how many games have you watched? 99% of them where the the referee swallows the whistle in the final minute, right? Yes. Ah, uh, it was just terrible. What's here's my question about the game as well. And that that aside, what's wrong with Jordan Bohannon? He looks slow. The game he looks like he's well, he is older than anybody on the floor. Right. But he the he is out-athleted if that's such a term. Every time he takes the floor now, and he was never the quickest guy to begin with, but He's seeming, and I love the kid for what he did. You know, back I'll never forget that. That the, the entire twenty whatever years I spent on the air, the one play I'll remember more than others is the missed free throw on purpose. Yeah, it's just incredible. Brought tears to my eyes when it happened, um, and it still does. Um, but what's wrong? He's slow now. It's like I don't know. He doesn't belong at this level, and you hate to say because it's. He struggles to shoot threes. That's a couple a of air balls last yeah. night. Three. In a gym that he shot pretty well over his career. Right. Yeah. And last night, and it's, you know, it's more than last night, um, it's a problem. We talked about at the beginning of the season, the nights where he didn't have it, Frey would pull him. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't play him when the shot wasn't falling. Because ultimately, that's what he is. He's a shooter. Yep. Yeah, he can distribute. He's an assist leader. He's got all these numbers. But ultimately... The reason he's on this team to be a shooter. He's not shooting it. Mm-hmm. He's not helping you. Because he's not helping you on the defensive end. Yep. He's not a point guard anymore. Nope. Even at times when he runs the point, it's not pretty. He can't get anything going. The offense in general couldn't get anything going last night. But if he's not shooting the basketball, you got to go another way. And again, the concerns about him coming back for the sixth year with mm-hmm. his young guard group, with Ulysses and, and certainly uh, Tony Perkins along with it, you wanted to see those guys get those minutes, and now it's not happening. And Free and substitution pattern, which is always something that is easier to argue with when you're playing 11 guys and trying to find the right fit. But in a game like that last night where you're looking for offense, where's Peyton Sanford? Yeah, two minutes. He played two minutes. Took one shot. Somebody followed his miss. Yeah. I don't remember who it was, but he had, he took uh, missed a layup and somebody followed it. The bench was bad. Yeah, over 11. Perkins was bad. Yeah. Chris Murray was bad offensively. Yeah. Though he still had two blocks in that hustle play that you mentioned. There needs to be... It feels like there's a better lineup for them. Mm-hmm. There's a better lineup there that hasn't yet been unlocked here as we're, well, towards the end of January mm-hmm. now, and they're still searching for that right combination. Too. Yeah. Joe Tucson, he's got to shoot the ball more. He just has to. He's shooting it well, and he only shoots open threes. You know, I thought he played pretty well. He had 20 family and friends there yep. last night, and uh, I, I thought he played well. Yeah, somebody just texted me. It's, it, you're right. It's the hip injuries have, have taken a big toll. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have taken the... 
Uh, what quickness that he did have seemingly away from him at this point. He looks a step slower than anybody on the floor. And not just missing shots, but airballing uh-huh. shots. He's pressing. He's not shooting it well. And that's a big-time problem for this team. Mm-hmm. If they're going to th- continue to trot him out there 28, 30 minutes a game, and he's playing like this, there's going to be more L's that are going to come for Iowa, a team that needs to get to at minimum 500. I think maybe even a game above it because, well, we know the Big Ten tournament has not been <laughs> right. a great place for Iowa basketball. Yeah. Indiana, uh, Indianapolis again this year for the Big Ten tournament. Not even sure. Chicago. Yeah, I'm not even sure I'm not either. where it is this year. Um, a fun event. Yes. Fun, fun event. Well, uh, look at Rutgers got some players. Uh, Amori is a really good player. He's long. He's, uh, he's a disruptor. He's a rebounding machine. Harper's Harper. Um, talked about Mulcahy. Baker. Uh, who's been around forever, just like Jordan Bohannon is. It's just, I, I don't know. It, it just felt like, I felt like we were robbed as fans of a, of an extra five-minute period, yeah. minimum. I really did. Let the guys decide. Uh-huh. Not let Courtney Green decide it. Right, and he did. And he did. Yeah. Courtney Green, who was also awful the night before. Yeah, Northwestern, Wisconsin, right? I he saw did the, the thing I saw Twitter. that I like, dislike the most. From officials, well, he was he had he was behind the play and called a play that he had no business. He couldn't even see that, and he anticipated a call. Okay, he the whistle blew, and whoever was on the broadcast said that he blew the whistle before, and it was all the ball. defender even touched the ball. It was all ball. That is anticipating uh-huh. call. Don't anticipate. No, call what you see. And I don't know how he could, he couldn't have seen it because he was behind it. Bad couple of nights for Courtney. It Green. was. And these aren't the only two, apparently. No. I mean, Twitter was all over him last night, and uh, rightly so. Well, tough loss, fun game. That building, it only seats 8,500, but mm-hmm. it's pretty loud. They all get going, right? Yeah, yeah. They had the throwback uniforms mm-hmm. last night. Good building, late start, 830 start out there. So, yeah, it was a good environment. The Rack's a, a decent place, and Pykel's done a really nice yes, job with that has. program. Yeah, when they flashed up on the screen, he's above five hundred. I would have thought, boy, that's you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty good for for Rutgers basketball as they you know try to find their place in the Big Ten still uh, to this point. So I watched. Um, I was on that game and I was on ESPN Plus last night, okay. I, and I watched Drake fall to Bradley. Uh, I'm such a big fan of Adam Emenecker and uh, his broadcasting abilities. Here's my question about that broadcast. You know the play-by-play guy was on that game last night? No. He was a guy who maybe is the first, my first play-by-play voice that uh, when I moved to the country that I can remember television-wise. Larry Morgan. Oh, yeah. yeah. And why doesn't Larry Morgan, it it dawned on me last night, why doesn't he get... Because he's in the area, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. He did a lot of Iowa football and basketball games. Mm-hmm. But when you think of, maybe it's just me, I mean, when you think of broadcasters that have come and gone, I mean, Larry Morgan's got a, he's got a place. Oh, absolutely. But, but why doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like, respect's not the right word. Um, he does quite a few Drake games. He does though. quite a few Drake games, yep. but we don't talk to him about Iowa or right. Um, I don't know. I just thought it sounded to me last night because Larry Morgan was really like I didn't have a childhood growing up here, <laughs> right. but my late my late twenties, early thirties, Larry Morgan was because all the Channel Seventeen carried him, and that's Larry and McCoslin mm-hmm. uh, in football. Who was it? Who was his analyst in football? I think it, Marv Cook for a while. Marv Cook for a while. Yep, yep. yep. There are a few others. There, in there were but, a few others, but yeah. yeah, it was basketball. And I've told you the story of what Iowa basketball was. That's really where my Hawkeye fandom grew, and I think for a lot of people, certainly in my age range, it was Iowa basketball because you knew every night they were going to be on. They were on TV. Didn't matter if it was a crappy non-conference game or a mm-hmm. conference game. 
If it wasn't a national broadcast, you were going to see it locally. Iowa did this statewide. It got huge numbers. Yeah. I told you the Lute Olson book that I read years uh-huh. ago. They were getting an over 70 share for Iowa basketball games. Think about that. A 70 share inside right. the state. That's how big it was. It was the only sporting event I saw as a youth from probably age five when my first memories mm-hmm. start until I was 13 because we didn't have cable until then. Right. That was the only thing that I saw during the week. That would be the only. So you wouldn't event. get Pete during Taylor, uh, Pete Taylor, and Gary nope. Thompson. Nope, we Is didn't that get right. That. Nope, didn't get that up in North Iowa. Okay, it was Iowa basketball, and certainly during the early iteration of it, that was it during the yeah. week, unless it was Monday Night Football. But for basketball, the only time during the week to watch a hoops game mm-hmm. was Iowa basketball. We come in after those Thursday night games, and Friday we'd be talking about it. Then who they played on Saturday, and it created this <laughs> fandom and, yeah. and built what yeah. Iowa athletics was. Certainly for my generation. It was such a huge deal, and it was Larry and Mac together. Yeah. Those two guys doing those games, mm-hmm. uh, some great memories, some great games, and likewise, we'll go back into the uh, way back machine with Wade here later in the show. Yeah, I look forward to doing that. Uh, back, back to the game itself. So let's go to the final, the final play of the first half. Yeah, how do you wave that off? I, I have no idea. Right now, there is not a rule like there is in football where it states in the book. It has to be indisputable video evidence. Right. Right. That is a football NFL term that is used, and I think college has also adopted it, but that is a term for them. But how you look at that, how you call that Mm -hmm. on the floor, what angle did they have? Just it. On that. And Hummel said the same thing. Six inch monitor that they look at. Precisely. Uh, Hummel doesn't have a dog in the fight. Right. (laughs) And he was incredulous that they, there's no way they can turn this around. Mm Um, there was a couple other. Now, Rutgers had one go the opposite way on an inbound pass as well late in the basketball game. That was a bad one. But the the, the Tucson basket at the end of the first half, look, it's a two-point game in the end. Right. Yeah. Those two free throws that Haran Harper sh- uh, made last night, I know you can't go back. And, <laughs> but, but point being, it's a two-point basketball game. They took two points off the board where, come on, the call on the floor was good. It was good. And they take it away. Then they take it away. So instead of a five point lead, it's a three point lead. And yeah, in a game. And are they watching the same uh, the same uh, 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 angles? Yes, I I believe so. Yeah, from from behind, Mm -hmm. the ball is maybe touching his finger fingernail, but maybe, maybe, and it's maybe. Call on the floor. Count the basket. Take it off the board. Come on. A lot of frustration last night. Now here is, I guess, the positive. When this stretch started after the Wisconsin game. Said you need to go at minimum three and one during the next four. Got Indiana. Mm-hmm. Got the road win against Minnesota. Depleted Minnesota. Doesn't matter. Got right. the win. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Take the L here. Yep. And he'd come back and beat Penn State. And they should beat Penn State. I at think home. so. Yeah. Sold out crowd. Going to be revved up. There'll be some, maybe some t shirts that have Courtney Green's picture like they had Jim Bain back in the day. <laughs> no, Jim Bain, he uh, won a settlement against the guys that made the t shirt. You're kidding. Yeah. Me. So uh, apparently, I was reading the article. Jim Bain, after that call that we mentioned in 1982, these guys in Iowa City got together and they made t-shirts and sold 410 of them that had Jim Bain fan club on it, and it was a picture of Jim Bain with a noose around his neck. Oh. Yeah. So he won $12,000 in defamation is basically what it was. $3 a t-shirt and a couple other things. These were students? that I don't know if they were students or if they, you know, just people that lived in Iowa City, whatever it was, but he got $3 a t-shirt for it and like $5,000 because of... 
I don't know. What yeah. If the, you would have put glasses on them, like three blind mice or right, something, right. trying to feel the your news. way around. Yeah, that's crossing the line a little. So what year is this you're talking here? The game the, the was, T-shirt. The T-shirt. It came out right after right the 82 game. And <laughs> the case went to trial and finished up in 1985. Three no. years later, and he happened. won the judgment. And Jim Bame did a lot of games afterwards, oh, but not rich. not many in Iowa City. Yeah, I bet not. That's unbelievable. I look I had back no also about that story at Courtney Green. I, yeah. I look back and see, you know, is there something to Courtney Green in Iowa? I looked at last year. Iowa actually played great in every game, almost every game that mm-hmm. he officiated. Look back a couple of years. There's well, maybe no, you're right. Maybe at a plane to catch. Yeah, I mean, there was no animosity. There's nothing you can point to. This is not. You know, the rep that we haven't seen since that mm-hmm. Frank called a cheating mother mm-hmm. effer. You know, it's, it's none of that. It's just, Courtney Green, what are you doing? Two bad nights, too. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back nights for him. Take a weekend off, but you know he won't. No, he's probably working tonight. He very well could be. He's on the road somewhere. He's up early catching another plane. He'll yep. be working late. And he'll or d- getting one last and repeat. Night. What's the site that tracks the, uh, the officials? Oh, well, you can find the information on Ken Palm. They have the information there. That's what I was looking through. But I, yeah, you're right. There's another. There is a site that yeah that follows them around. Right. How many games in a week and how much travel they have. Right. I'll be a lonely existence schlepping through college basketball. I mean, can you imagine this? January and February doing this anyways. Uh, so uh, the Panthers, you said you watched some of Valpo. Cappy was on the call last night. Uh, Panthers, no AJ Green. Now. The school didn't come out and say it's COVID, at least the first um, statement that they made, that it did not include that. It was a health issue, and that's how that was the extent of it. Mm-hmm. But COVID's been uh, associated with it, so well, we know he didn't play. Right. Um, but some other guys stepped up in kind of a big way. I mean, how about Noah Carter? Yeah, and Noah Carter is such an interesting player. I remember watching him at the high school level at the state tournament, and he's not... A tall guy, by any means. He's a big guy, but he can shoot it really well from the outside, can play physical inside, and he has to do that, certainly, as Austin Fife is still trying to work his way mm-hmm. back and get minutes and get what his lungs. 12 minutes last yeah. night. He just, he had what they call the long COVID, yep, yep. and he is struggling just to be able to get out there and play consistently for more than three, four minutes of a time. But Carter was great last night. Burha was good at times. Heisey didn't shoot it really well, mm-hmm. and that was the difference. But they were what down. about Bourne? It was okay yep. from the the probably 12, 15 minutes of game action that I saw. It was one of those nights, though, it just kind of felt from the get-go, even as they you know, got out to a good start. The second half goes, oh boy, here it comes. You know, the mm-hmm. Valpo's got the crowd revved up, and there weren't many people inside that building. <laughs> Bet not. But here they come, get a happen. You and I's down five with a couple minutes left, and they force overtime and get over that hump. And just couldn't get the stops necessary. But to play like that, Velpo's not very good. But to do it on the road, mm-hmm. be that close without A.J. Green, I think that's another learning process. We know ultimately for you and I to get to the NCAA. You're going to have to win in St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple yeah. as that. That's what they're going to have to do. I think this was ultimately a good thing for them going forward, though. Yeah, you don't want to take the loss. You still want to fight for that regular season title. But learned a lot about some of the other guys, too. Well, yeah, good to see. And unfortunately, it took Green not being uh, able to answer the bell last night for him to see that. But Carter was terrific, and I just saw the box score. The Drake game was kind of a head-scratcher. You know, Drake would make a run and Bradley would make a shot. Mm-hmm. It seemed, uh, seemed we were seeing a lot of that. This Sturts kid. Fills he, up the box score. You know, he really does. And I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Newton knows that the their, their boy, the first time he was getting way back in his career, just... Between the ears, Trent, this mm-hmm. is this is what I think 
puts him on the same, because athletically, I don't think, I mean, he's never going to wow you, right? But it's between the years. He's a will guy, not a skill guy, and those guys are invaluable. Starts last night again, 15. Basketball IQ. Yes, that's what it's all about in a lot of ways. And he knows the game. He understands. He knows spacing. You know, we've talked about guys that don't have that basketball IQ. Right. Patrick McCaffrey. Yeah. Guys that, for whatever reason, it just doesn't click for them, and it feels like spacing's always a little bit off. You don't have that. With Garrett Sturts. Right place, right mm-hmm. time. And when he can Angles. just knock down a couple of shots. That's the other thing. There's times where he's playing big guys. You know, he's playing inside. Yeah. He's playing power forward at times for them, depending on the kind of lineup that he has. And he'll go in there and he'll battle and he'll give up four inches of height and 70 pounds of weight. And he's just in there and knows how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Fun to watch. Drake's going to be fine. But you're right. I didn't catch a lot of it last night. But every time, oh, maybe they got to run. Maybe I'll flip it mm. on and... I look at the score again, oh, they're down eight again. <laughs> yeah, it's the way it was. Uh, but listen to Morgan and uh, Emmenecker. That was, that was a good listen last night. Our friends at MC22 had that game, and it was on uh, ESPN Plus last night. All right, we will uh, speak with Wade Looking Bill. More on the Hawks, more on the Big Ten, more on uh, a story we never touched yesterday because we knew we'd have uh, Chris Street's teammate on uh, the program today. You know what's kind of in? In uh, that strikes me every time the the sad anniversary comes and goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're twenty nine years into this, right? Yeah. For Chris Street's name, memories, legacy, to have stood the test of time, it just shows you what he meant to this state, right? Because you know, people pass on. Mm-hmm. And the first couple of years you remember him and kind of goes away in a new generation. But this Chris Street legacy seemingly correct me if i'm wrong yeah gets passed down it does which is remarkable to me one of my uh friends ben he uh says that his daughter his oldest is playing basketball they run some press stuff she's uh, fourth fifth grade something like that she's at the front of it where's number 40 oh. waving those arms and when jack picks up basketball and starts playing for the first time <laughs> nice. and if you can show a tape of anybody yeah it's pretty simple for me i'm gonna show him chris street wow I'm going to show him the tenacity that he played with. Mm-hmm. Just the amount of joy that he played the game with and always out there, always busting, always giving all effort all the time, coupled with he was an Iowan. Right. And we talked about what Iowa basketball certainly was back during that era and how important it was to Iowans across the state. And these cold winter days when not a whole lot going on, mm-hmm. you can always talk Iowa basketball, just what an important part it was of just – Small town where I grew up, and I'm sure it was the same thing here that's in the city. That's had to have been, yeah. That's what you had. You ever had you had Iowa basketball to talk about, and good teams, and and you had an Iowan that was doing it, mm-hmm. and was at the forefront, and going to battle against Gene Cady and Bobby yeah, Knight. Right. We had one of ours at the forefront. Yeah, we all loved Andre Woolridge, and you loved B.J. Armstrong yeah. and Roy Marble, and go on and on and on. But to have an Iowan, and to have an Iowan that talented, it was just something special. And to lose him in that fashion, to lose him during the season... It just, it sticks. It's, for me, it's my JFK moment. Isn't that something? It, I remember vividly mm-hmm. the news coming across on the Channel 3 up in North Iowa, KIMT, out of Mason The City. night of or the morning after? The night of. Okay. And it was one of those little break-ins that the news people do. They actually broke in? No, pro- it was, they said, coming up at 10. Oh, okay. An Iowa basketball player passes away. Wow. Story at 10. And, and, and then left it at that? And left it at that. And so for the next 20 minutes, whatever it was, of course, there's no internet. No. <laughs> I sat 
and pondered who it was. Yeah. And I said, anybody but Chris Street. Huh. And, and I remember so vividly at 13 years old, anybody but him, because he was that important. And then what happened? 13, not overly emotional. Right. And weeping and just couldn't stop anybody but Chris Street. Isn't that something? I, 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 I remember my bedroom. I remember exactly where I was sitting. I remember every single detail of the half hour leading into when the news broke, when I got the news at 10 o'clock, and the tears and the emotion and not being able to understand it and talking then the next day with my friends. And you couldn't believe it. You absolutely couldn't believe it. It was still one of the most impactful, certainly sports stories of my life. Wow. I wonder how, because I, I had, I was in Denver at the time. You're right. I live in Denver. So I, we've had I, this conversation off air. Yeah, absolutely. Think so I can remember, mm-hmm. you know, when I was here in 89 to 91. But when, when, when he, so I don't know what it was like in central Iowa when, you know, the, the, um, the days after, right. The, the night of Sports Center. That's how I learned about it on Sports Center. Yeah. And that was a big deal then, uh-huh. that, that night and the next day and the tributes that continued and, Playing that game at Duke, hitting the free yeah. throws. Yeah. They, the Michigan State game. Oh, that comeback. They played it yesterday on BTN. Did they really? Yep. Uh, watch it seemingly every single year. Yeah. That and then their first home game, Super Bowl Sunday, the lead in to the Super Bowl oh, wow. on CBS. How about that? Against the Fab Five and Michigan. <laughs> oh, man. That one, uh, the Street family in attendance right there, right by the Iowa bench. Just, it was amazing. An absolutely amazing time. And, that comeback against Michigan State. <laughs> I know Eric Snow couldn't shoot the basketball. He was an awful free throw shooter. I think he was uh, at 1.9% from the free throw line that year. Oh, come on, really? Yeah. <laughs> he went like 2 of 5 one game and his free throw percentage <laughs> doubled. Went up. Yeah, <laughs> it doubled. And it, he was terrible. They were missing free throws and they are just, uh, there's something special. Val Barnes hitting shots. Listen to Zobble call it. Yeah, AC Earl and company. Oh, what a memory. 10.30. Uh, let's do this. Uh, Wade Looking Bill is coming up. Look forward to speaking with Wade. Uh, right now, it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to kxno.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword family. Keyword is family now at kxno.com. Wade Looking Bill joins Trent and I next. We take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. possible choice, but now. Back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Cody Goodwin from the Register at 11.05. Frank Schwab on the NFL. Uh, YahooSports.com. He's coming up at 11.30. If you missed it, the keyword in this hour, and you can go to KXNO.com, KXNO.com. When you get there, enter the keyword family, family, KXNO.com. Wade Looking Bill, he joins the program. We'll get to the game in a second from last night. Uh, Wade, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, I just listened to my partner here, Trent Condon, uh, tell stories uh uh, reminisce a little bit about you know what the impact that Chris Street had. That's what sticks with me, Wade. In an era where everybody's you know moving rapidly, moving on to the next thing. Um, Twenty nine years after Chris Street's passing, he seems almost larger than life today. Than, than if that's not maybe the best way to put it. Um, 
it, it, we we remember him and and his legacy is being passed down from generation to generation. The impact that he had in his limited time on earth resonates with Iowans and it it, it never ceases to amaze me. It it really is pr- pretty amazing, you know, t- 29 years and I just from listening to what Trent said and social media last night and even what what BTN did last night, you know, they, they, they talked about it for, you know, a good three or four minutes and, and, and Robbie Hummel talked about it and they just, they share clips of when, when BTN, I forget it was, like it was a 20 year anniversary, maybe 25 and they ran some of the, some of that video and, um, it really is quite amazing. I, I, I think that just goes to show what a, what a, what a great person he was and what a, you know, just a wonderful job. Mike and Patty Street did, you know, raising a, just a really good kid. It's it's just quite amazing. Can't imagine the spot that you were in, Wade, not just losing a teammate, but then taking over for him, you know, and taking his minutes and doing that. At times, so emotional. I, I never met Chris Street. I just knew him as a guy that was on my TV every Thursday and Saturday <laughs> watching him and just how beloved he was for a guy like me and for you, a teammate, and sound like what a special person he was. Take us that moment and, and those games afterwards and the incredible comeback against Michigan State, the home game on Super Bowl Sunday against the Fab Five and Michigan, and a spot for you having to take over and, and trying to replace shoes that were irreplaceable. Yeah, it was it was a really strange time for me. You know, I had I had started we, we, we weren't very good my sophomore year, but I think I started twenty games my sophomore year and then I got hurt my junior year, so I redshirted and that was actually Chris's first year. So then he, you know, started all those games as a sophomore and was he was a much better player than I was and started all the, all those games as a junior and took took a lot of my minutes, but that was okay. You know, it was just something where you, know, you just try to keep winning games. And then, and then his senior year, or I'm sorry, so that was his sophomore year. And then his junior year, he's having a great year, leading the Big Ten and rebounding, and it just ends instantly. You know, he didn't tear an ACL. He didn't, you know, it, it, it just was something where it was over. And, you know, his, his last game was at Duke. And um, I always tell people basketball was the – was the easy time, you know, whether it was, whether it was at practice or a game, because you're, you're so focused on trying to win that game. You know, every, everybody feels a lot of remorse for you, but deep down, you know, Michigan doesn't care that you lost this kid, you know, mm-hmm. dur- during the game, during the game I'm talking about, right. you know, Indiana still wants to beat you. And if you don't put that stuff aside for two hours, you're going to get embarrassed. So that was the easy part. The hard part was just, you know, traveling with the team when Chris isn't there or going to a team meal when Chris isn't there or just in the summers playing full pitch softball, you know, when, when Chris wasn't there, you know, just, just different things that you had fun as a, as a friend that maybe people, you know, outside the program didn't miss out on, you know, they, they missed out on just him playing, which was a huge loss, but everybody, we all missed out on, on, on our friend. And that, and that was hard. Still is hard. Yeah, really, uh, Wade. What uh, what made him the basketball? Trent uh, references basketball IQ a lot. I, I have to assume that you know that that he, his was pretty high. What what made him the player that he was uh, from from a, in a teammate's perspective? From a teammate's perspective, well, it was interesting. So, so he was killed uh, January nineteenth, and he would have been twenty one on February second. You know, so he wasn't even twenty one years old when when he was killed. And um, the thing I remember most about Chris. You know, besides the basketball IQ, because that was high, 
you know, he loved being a hawk. He always wanted to be a hawk, you know, from the time he was in, you know, you know, in sixth grade. But Chris was an athlete now. He could run mm-hmm. and jump, um, baseball, football. You know, he wasn't a stiff. And he was just scratching the surface of, of what he was going to be as a player. He was starting to dunk more, shoot the three, which at the time was kind of a, kind of a, of, of an oddity for, for a big man to want to shoot a three. But um, the great athlete, and he loved playing for Iowa. You know, I don't know if he would have gone to Notre Dame or somewhere else if, if he would have had that much passion. Mm-hmm. He loved playing for Iowa. I, I think that's the thing that mostly sticks out in my mind, just how much he loved being a Hawk. Do you recall, because I just heard from 13-year-old Trent Condon, I have to imagine there was, <laughs> you know, there were, what was he like with, with young boys and girls, Hawkeye fans? What was, uh, you know, when you, when you guys were out and there'd be young kids, you know, impressionable young boys that are trying to, you know, picking up the game of basketball girls, what was he like? Do you remember any, any of that, Wade? Yeah, I think he was the same with anybody. If it was some... 78-year-old grandma from, mm. you know, Southern Iowa or some 6-year-old boy or girl. He was the same with everybody. You know, he he didn't care. He just he, he was just he was just a, a lot of fun to be around. And that's kind of what I miss most is just maybe getting together with him now and our kids playing or hanging right, out or he right. watches my kids soccer game or I go watch his kids or just something where um we could have continued that that life kind of together so to speak, but he was great with Hawks fans and with opposing fans. I mean, nobody could really, really not like him. You know, I'm sure that the opponents didn't like <laughs> playing against him. And, um, you know, but, but when the game was done, you know, when the game was over, everybody respected him, which is, which is pretty cool. Wade, it's something that we talked about off air, but I think it's a really good point. In today's age, it feels like it has kind of brought a new life. And for people like me that, you know, have kids that are growing up and, yeah, if you want to wear number 40, I'm certainly going to show it. And I'm going to show Jack basketball and I'm going to show Chris Street playing it and that tenacity and, and those kind of things. It almost feels like, you know, there's this next step where another generation is getting to learn about it. And one of the few good things about social media, something like this. <laughs> it really is. And I would just a shout out or a plug that um, Andy Garman did yes. unbelievable. Oh, yes program um I think that was for the 20 year anniversary and i still remember watching you know, he i was part of that mm-hmm. and he you know, and he did a great job and i remember watching that live with my family and, and my kids and it was it was hard to watch and if anybody has some time i think it's on youtube mm-hmm. you can pull it up there but um yeah just you know yesterday with all the memories and just different you know whether it's the excerpts from from bpn you know the the, the michigan game or like you guys said they, they replayed that and it's just um it's it's pretty amazing that we live in a society right now that that we can do stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and hopefully there's some more positive that 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 comes from that and just with his legacy continuing and and um yeah you're right hopefully social media can be used sometimes in a in a good way absolutely instead of seeing wordle or whatever oh, God. that is <laughs> we got to stop with the wordle <laughs> i thought i thought i'd reach my peak when i was watching when i'd be on there and people were showing me i just had a bud light from who cares <laughs> right? yeah anyway so, so let's move on uh, the, the game itself 
Man, just uh, you hated to see the way it ended, right? I mean, thirty-five sec or thirty-three seconds, I guess. There's Chris Murray on the floor, yeah. diving to get a loose ball. Patrick McCaffrey ties it up. You think you're going to get some bonus basketball here? Wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing, but I enjoyed the game with the exception of that just just an egregious call at the end of it. Wade, it, you hated to it see was it. Was tough. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. I, I don't really know that ref. I don't, I don't follow the officials that much anymore, but I did see that the night before that call he made. On that Johnny Davis deal, that might have even been worse. It was bad. Yeah. Game. And, um, I, I just don't understand. And I, I tweeted out how they let everything go the whole game. I mean, there were there were fouls left and right that weren't called, but it was consistent. And then with two seconds left, you're going to call that? I just don't. It just is really strange. Now, it, th- th- this might be a game where Iowa looks back in March, and this th- this could come back to haunt them. You know, because there aren't that many. We've talked about, you know, I, I think 10 and 10. You have to go 10 and 10 and maybe even then win one game in the Big Ten tournament. But it's 8 and 2 at home, 2 and 8 in the road, 7 and 3 at home, 3 and 7 on the road. There's, there's got to be a way to get to 10 and 10. And this is one where looking back, because this, this record teams, they're, they're 5 and 2 in the league. You know, they, they, they beat Purdue at home mm-hmm. when, when Purdue was ranked number one. But, Iowa just didn't do the things that they usually do. They, they didn't make free throws. They only had them for 10 turnovers. But when I saw that, I thought, my gosh, that can't be right. But, you know, it, it's just something where Jordan Bohanna got some wide open looks and just they did not go in. And I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with, with, with him. And, and hopefully Robrach is okay. But again, looking back in March, this might be one that they really regret. It is. Bohanna's struggling. Patrick McCaffrey struggling. The bench struggled yesterday, but boy, it feels like the right combination, the the right kind of group of five hasn't quite been unlocked yet. And I would like to see Toussaint playing with either Perkins or even a little Sanford, who I know you saw a lot in high school. Both yep. the Murrays playing together in Rabracha. It's a, not a lineup we've seen often, but to me, that feels like maybe I was best shot of of getting up another tier, not just being a bubble-type team, but being a really good team. I think that team is good enough defensively, figuring out the two-guard, because if Jordan isn't shooting it, he just doesn't add a whole lot out there. What do you think of that lineup and just trying to find a way to get through these struggles of both Bohannon and Patrick McCaffrey? Yeah, I think with I think with Joe T, and I, I, I love him. He's tough, you know, that Bronx, that, that New York mentality, but mm-hmm. he's just got to make the easy pass. There mm-hmm. were sometimes on the break last night, like he tried to throw a lob to Keegan Murray, where I think it was just an easy bounce pass. You know, it, it just it, it could have it should have been two points. There was another time I think Tony Perkins was on the wing, and he just he he does not have like a calming presence when he's on the court. You're just kind of always on edge. Now, I, I do like again that speed and quickness that he has, but um, they just I think they've all just got to get a little better. You know, Jordan he got some open looks. You know, when, when they were against Wisconsin or even Indiana, they they were locking him up. But I'm like, yesterday, he was wide open, and sometimes he you know, didn't even draw iron. There's, nope. there's something going on there. I don't know if he just is, is kind of checked out. It gets to be a long career, a long year, but um, and it, I, I think you have to almost do it game by game. If if he does, just doesn't have it that night, then he, you have to limit his minutes. You know, they're, they're at the point now where you know, they had this Penn State sandwich. They got Penn State at home, Purdue at home, and then Penn State on the road. You know, so Penn State's, again, one of those road wins where you think, hey, this is one we got to get. We might be favored in this game. Um, but it's just something where 
this is this is Iowa's mo. Even, even that Minnesota game, where they up twenty five, and you, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden they're up three with a minute to go. So, uh, part of that's the shot clock. Part of that's just that they struggle. I was in their best when they're running, even on May baskets. I think that was almost part of the problem last night. Rutgers couldn't score either. So here's Iowa, you know, trying to walk the ball up, get the ball across half court with twenty two seconds left, and they're not very good in those half court sets. They're good when they're running, pushing the break. Even on made baskets. Yeah, you know, I hadn't seen him um, have struggle like maybe, maybe since the Oregon game in the tournament last year, mm-hmm. when he sat on the bench most of the second half, if not all of it. Um, yeah, it's just he's he's ineffective. Maybe it's the hips. Maybe, like you say, maybe it's just the yeah. the six years of Big Ten basketball have caught maybe. up and taken a toll. This is this is not a great type of team, like a matchup for Jordan. You know, the Rutgers guards are six four, six five. They're yeah. big and they're strong, but. Um, he'll be he'll be fine. You know, I, I think it's something where he still brings that that threat of, of that shot. So even if he goes, you know, now the problem is I think he went two for eleven last night. You know, mm-hmm. even if he goes two for six, that's that's still okay because there's that threat that opens up Keegan. And, and again, Iowa, you know, in the past they've they've tried to rely on Keegan getting twenty five a game, and he's not doing that, so they're they're struggling offensively. Uh, enjoyed this as always, Wade. Thank you for uh, going down memory lane with us, and uh, we appreciate it again. Twenty nine years, we're still talking about it, and uh, uh, will uh, he'll never be forgotten. I know a lot of people uh, will yeah. never forget. This legitimately uh, seems to be one of those cases. Wade, looking, Bill, great stuff. Um, I'm assuming we will we'll, uh, darken your um, your text <laughs> messages here next week. <laughs> thanks for doing Anytime. this for us. Thanks, thanks for keeping that memory alive with Chris. Do that. That means a lot. Thank Happy you. to do it. See you, bud. Take care. Wade, looking, Bill. Bye-bye. As we take a look back at uh, well, at Chris Street and of course last night's game against Rutgers, Penn State twice. Yeah, two out of the next three, right? Yes. Who's in the middle? Purdue. Oh boy, at home next Thursday. Okay. I wonder if I could get to that game. Well, I got to look at the schedule. Is it, is it six o'clock or an eight o'clock? I think it's an eight o'clock, which is fine. I mean, I stay up late anyway, so that's not right, a big deal right. to me. But it's also not one where I could say, you know, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Ella, or I'm going to take Jack. <laughs> no, <laughs> not not for an eight o'clock start. That's going to be a late one. And then after that, it's Ohio State again on the road, mm-hmm. Minnesota at home, Maryland on the road. How about this? Most likely road wins. Penn State, you put on there. Yep, they're not winning at Ohio State. I don't are they? think so. Well, they've historically played well in that building okay. since it opened. At Maryland, eh. feels like he. Yep. You got to get one of those two at least, right? Mm-hmm. Either Penn State or Maryland. Nebraska, yes. She hope. And then at the end, and we talked about the difficult nature of the last two at Michigan, mm. at Illinois, at Michigan, right now, that's winnable. Yeah, that's winnable. Right? They're not playing well. I thought Dickerson finally had a better game. He did finally, finally. Yeah, but there's something off uh-huh. with that team. It's not the impossibility. Maybe no, it I play, agree with you. Where you gave them a five percent chance of winning that game before. I give them thirty five. Right, I, I think we. I think we said at one point. By the time February finishes, they better have their work done because yes. the last two games are both on the road in Ann Arbor in Champaign. You have to be ten and eight at that time, right? Because you're not winning those two that games. Didn't look like it. Now, Maybe. the first one, not the <laughs> not the Illinois game. Although you see the time, told you that's a night game. That's scheduled for six thirty. That is going to put an end to the regular it's season. Mean, how about that? Yes, the curtain comes down in college basketball. And With uh, Iowa and Illinois, boy, that, that was so good the last couple of years. Uh-huh. Luca, Kofi, maybe we'll have a Drake, you and I, MVC championship game. Sign me up. 
That would be the same day, would it yes, not? Yes, it would. Uh, Miller and Condon back to wrap up the hour. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Local sports. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Only a couple of minutes left. Hour number one. Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register kicks off the second hour. Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports on the NFL. Speaking of the NFL, Circus Sports came out with, I thought, you brought it up on our, when we were taping our media comp show yesterday, and I'd missed this. Uh, the championship exact, as they call it in mm-hmm. Circa, where if you think you've got the winner of the Super Bowl figured out, and there's only eight teams left, uh, for instance, you think the Bengals are going to beat the 49ers? It's 145 to 1. You're right, yes. You think the Bengals are going to beat the Packers? You get 49 to 1. Trent, this is worth looking into. Well, and just look at the two number one seeds, Packers and the Titans. The Packers to beat the Titans, in fact, I fired at this one already, is 14 to 1. You get both number one seeds. Right. At 14 to 1. Right. Now the Packers, of course, have to What's win What's the it. Titans to beat the Packers? Because I'd bet them both. Right, but bet both sides if you yeah. feel very if you feel strong. you've got to say if you've got the right teams, Titans to beat the Packers is twenty to one. Jeez, see, I don't think of the four teams, I would eliminate. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find the team I think is going to win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to eliminate. For instance, I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, I'm going to throw the Titans out instantly. Okay, so Packers to beat either the Bengals mm-hmm. or the Chiefs or the Bills. That's all significant money, I'm assuming, right? To beat the Chiefs ten to one, to beat the Bills twelve to one, and beat the Cincinnati Bengals thirty-two to one. It's worth a flyer. It's worth a flyer. I saw that. I thought that's a pretty good play. All available circus sports. Uh, again, if you think you've got it figured out, you've got. There's only eight teams left. You got. Everybody's got to have a favorite. I think at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, worth looking into. I oh. hit that 49ers Bengals one too. Did you? What's it? A buck fifteen? You said? Uh, one twenty. One twenty. Jeez. Uh, hour two coming up. Miller in Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO.